Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob. If you guys have questions for John, text them in now. Again, a new text number, 206-421-3776, or you can just go 421-ESPN is the number you need to remember. that You can text in your questions. We'll get those to John. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Yeah, we got a new text number. We're, we're wow. trying to train ourselves here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so used to 710, 710, so ah. this is going to be an adjustment. Don't John, say it. John, don't say mm. that. Don't say it. You're going to confuse again. everybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. San, Di- <laughs> San Diego Chargers. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Did so, you, do you hear that one? Did I tell you that one? Yeah. About how they, uh, yeah, they got mad at you? The, the, it was uh, the owner of the Chargers, I yeah. guess, phoned up the Seahawks and said, hey, tell your guy to stop saying San Diego Chargers Yeah. during the broadcast, <laughs> the television broadcast, John. Well, you know, and the, and the crazy part about that is that uh, I like Dean Spanos. In fact, uh, if I'm at a uh, Charger game, which, of course, I don't know when when we're going to be able to fly or anything else like that. You mean it, in San Diego? When he was in San Diego, yeah. I yeah. mean, he, I always had a standing invitation to have dinner with him and did. And so that's how much I like him. So it's like, uh, yeah, but uh, he's very sensitive. There's no question about it. John, let's talk about this Seahawks team. This is. Uh, I was this... trying to talk around it. So I know. We didn't have to well, get let's to just it. rip the oh, band aid right. off. Let's yeah. rip the band aid off, John, and get down to the nitty gritty with mm-hmm. this team. This was a disaster. Total. And it was again. It was everybody's complicit in this. The offense is is not without blame, but I think if we're uh, once again being honest, the majority of the blame goes to the defense again. When you look at this defense roster wise, would you say they're a talented team? Just looking at the, the the players on that side of the ball. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, what they were fifteenth uh, in the league, I think, last year for defense. Uh, if I'm not mistaken on that, for as yards allowed, and then they've added to the list. I mean, but uh, right now it's just not clicking. I mean, and you can see so many things going wrong. What I, what I'm wondering about is, well, first off, you have to anticipate the way things are with the cornerbacks, there's going to be a change at some point this week, don't you? Because, again, not necessarily D.J. Reed, but maybe Trey Flowers, because you got Sidney Jones there. You have Bless Austin. Austin. You also have the likely return of Trey Brown. Something needs to happen there. But also the thing that also needs to happen is that the linebackers have to be in sync with the cornerbacks, and right now they're not. Well, whose fault is that, John? Uh, the corners, the linebackers, and the coaches. See, I think it's start if you've got continued mistakes being made each mm-hmm. week by the same people, either they're not nearly as talented as we think, or it's the scheme. Yeah. And the scheme is coming from up above. So that to me, I'm looking at the coordinator going, I love Ken Norton. I think he's he knows a lot about football, certainly. But we've seen this this is not just three games we're talking about, not an overreaction. This has been kind of where this defense has been trending since he's been here. I think the change needs to happen at coordinator. Hmm. Well, it's not going to happen because that's not uh, Pete Carroll's nature. I mean, Pete Carroll doesn't like firing coaches during the season, and particularly a coach that's very popular with the players. How do you think that's going to go over with Bobby Wagner? How do you think that's going to go over with some of the other guys that he's taught through the years? So it's like, uh, you know, it's it's one where uh, you know you can see that uh, you know it's like that's it's like the easiest thing, and you you hear it from all the fans: fire this guy, fire that guy. Fire, get re- get rid of Trey Flowers, get rid of the coordinator and all that stuff. I mean, to me, this this reminds me, remember remember this, Dave and Bob, uh, back, remember they opened up in Denver and Chicago, right? Yes, in, in uh, 18. 
in 2018, right? And did they lose both games? Yes, sir. Okay, so they lose both games. And after that game, and this came from Brian Schottenheimer, Brian said, told me that Pete calls him in his office and said, listen, we're passing the ball too much. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. And they did it, and they were able to fix things. I think they need that kind of coordinated effort right now with Ken Norton Jr. and his staff to be able to say, okay, uh, let's review what we're doing and change it and fix it. You know, like, for example, what I'm still wondering about is that uh, you know, where are they on the rotation with the defensive ends? Because I just don't see enough of Carlos Dunlap. Do you? I know he's on the field for 40-some plays, but I haven't seen him do too much. And Dunlap was such a big force last year. And so that concerns me. And then, uh, you know, you can see that, uh, you know, you, is there enough Daryl Taylor? I mean, where, where, where are those things going? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I wonder if they just go back to the scheme that they were running last year because what what they're doing now is you know they've got a guy basically as a nose guard mm-hmm. and then you got two guys it's kind of like a bear front but you know it's not so you know um it's not like the defensive tackles are head up on the guards it's like they're they're kind of like inside shoulder of the tackles and then you got you know Alton Robinson who sometimes will drop back into into pass coverage which he's he's not great at okay and i, yeah. I think he's he's good and he just isn't – I mean, he, he's not a linebacker. So and, – and you know what's funny to me, John? The, the th- where I was most critical, and everybody just – corners are always on blast, and everybody's talking about the corners. To me, it was the middle of the field. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Oh, I mean, Bobby and, and, uh, and both Jordan Brooks, they just – they had rough games, you know, and that's not something you typically see. But, you know, they were jumping up on some of the short stuff, leaving these – 25-yard deep ends in. And that's the thing that's, I think, so disturbing is so there's your guy, you know, just had a tough game. He's in his 10th year. Mm-hmm. You know, we all talk about him being being a Hall of Famer. And when he is messing that stuff up, that's when you know something's wrong, you know. And then you see Jordan Brooks starting to make – and both of them just got, you know, steamrolled a couple of times on those screens. It was just really and, – and then the other thing, John, that was frustrating to me is like, how come we had all these guys cramping up? You know, you had yeah. Carson and – and Brooks, and then, you know, they looked like they were okay, but, you know, I guess it was probably partially because they couldn't get them off the field. So it was just, just all around really frustrating, especially on defense. Did mm-hmm. you feel that way, or did you yeah. have what, – what criticism do you have of the offense? Uh, of the offense? Yeah. Well, I mean, on the, of the offense, my criticism is that, uh, particularly in the second half, the communication problems along the offensive line. They just didn't seem to know what they were doing. They weren't on the same page. I mean, you can see that they're all talking to each other, and I don't know who was listening and who wasn't listening, and that became a problem. Certainly not having Brandon Shell, that hurts, and they're not sure if Brandon's going to be able to play this week, but uh, it's not just one player. It was like the whole offensive line was out of kilt, and that's not good. I mean, so that, I think, uh, does hurt. And, of course, they still need to get more passes, I think, to the tight ends. I mean, Will Disley was able to get a nice one, 30 yards or so. And, you know, they were able to get a pass or two over to Gerald Everett. Uh, distribution, I think, has to be, you know, better. Although Freddie Swain seems to be really very comfortable now in that third receiver role. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in the in the end, uh, they just, in the, for the second straight week in the second half, they just got out of sync on offense. Yeah, and it's hard to understand why. I mean, it's not like they got buried and, hey, we got to just start chucking the ball because we're down by two scores or two touchdowns mm-hmm. here. They were down by four at the half. So 
I, I don't know if that's the classic, hey, the Vikings made some adjustments, the Seahawks didn't adjust to those adjustments, and, and I, I don't know what happened. It's just a it's just a weird, you know, trend between, you know, the last two weeks where we saw them put up 30 points last week, but they only scored six of them in the second half and overtime combined, and then they were shut out this week. In, mm-hmm. in the half. Now they only had one possession in the third quarter, which tells you how long the defense was on the field. Uh, but it just it's sort of they're working in concert together, the offense and the defense in the second half to really stink it up, John. I, I the way because I, I know I said this right after the game. I mean, to my way of thinking, this was one of the worst performances this team has had maybe since the beginning of the Pete Carroll era. You know, when they were just trying to turn the team around. Because I mean, it was bad in every phase of the game, yeah. every single phase. And missed was, a field goal for the first time in a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special teams didn't have a good game. Yeah. Uh, the defense had a horrible game. The offense struggled. I mean, the running game was inconsistent. I mean, all those different things tended to work against them. And then, of course, you're right about the idea. It's like, how do you get guys cramping up in an indoor stadium with the temperatures in the 70s? Yeah, kind of made me wonder about uh, preseason. Mm-hmm. And maybe should have played a little bit more. That was where I was, you know, and this is not fun talk for if you're a Seahawk fan, but some of the other, like the really bad games that I remember, one was, was that 2017 when the Rams came here and just whooped them? Yeah, yeah. It was like 42 to 7 or something like that. So, but you know, the one thing I'll say on the bright side for Seahawk fans listening. Um, I know Bob doesn't want to hear this, but you don't have too many stinkers. I mean, that's no, a, that's no. the thing. You're gonna you're gonna lose a fair amount, and you know. And I, I was trying to think when's the last time they they lost back to back games. I think it was 18, like you said, John, when mm-hmm. it was uh, Chicago and Denver back to back. But typically, you know, Russ has this ridiculous stat that you know 80 percent of the time, following a loss, he you know uh, follows it up with a win. So, yeah, but it was just all the way around. And then Pete was saying, you know, everything's on the table as far as the defense goes. What do you think that means, John? I think that means changes the cornerback or mm. a, ch- a change of cornerback. I think that's what it means. And certainly a reshuffling of the uh, rotation for the defensive ends. I think that that comes into account. And also to, you know, see, you know, I'll tell you what, it, it showed me. And again, you can understand it from the cap standpoint. But, uh, you know, they apparently didn't want to pay K.J. Wright. And you look at these last two games, and these would be great games for K.J. Wright. You know, because he's good stopping the run. And they have, you know, 200-yard-plus runners, even a 200-yard-plus runner for total offense and Derek Henry. And also, he better in coverage. And so right now, that's an issue. So I think that uh, obviously it's not one where they're going to they're not going to get him. He's with the Raiders right now, and the Raiders are three and zero. But you know this team's now two games out of first place, uh, and two games out of second place in the NFC West. What, what do you make of the fact that L.J. Collier, for the second time in three games, was a healthy scratch? And this is a team that, as we were just talking about, really could use some pass rush help. I mean that that. I mean, I don't even know what to say about yeah, it. What well, do you make of it? No, because, I mean, that's that's easy to understand because, again, how much pass rush does he really give you? And, you know, Benson Mayo, not Benson Mayo, but uh, yeah, he was Bri- out with a neck Bri- issue. Brian Monet was back. And so you can see that he's now behind Brian Monet as a, you know, the left, you know, a defensive end slash uh, uh, defensive tackle on passing downs. And so, no, it's, I mean, to me, that's understandable because in the rotation, he's down that low. And so when we, when uh, Brian Monet was out, then he moves up. But when Monet's there, then he's not there. Because, again, you still have Rasheem Green 
who can do so many things and do so many things well. So that's still there. But in the end, it's like, uh, no, it's like I wouldn't overread that whatsoever. Hey, John, what would you think about, I don't know if I, well, nobody's probably ever seen it. First of all, it was a, a record uh, field goal, 66 mm-hmm. yards, but the kick by uh, the Ravens kicker uh, bounces straight up and mm-hmm. falls over. That was uh, that was quite a game. It really was. I mean, again, you know, you have you know the old Tom Dempsey sixty-three uh, yarder, and that had been the standard and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, but Justin Tucker is one of the greatest kickers in the history of this league. So I'm not surprised he was able to do that. I mean, the the amazing part now here here's a stat, and there's actually two stats I want to give you that are going to surprise you. I mean, do you realize that so far in the forty-seven games that have been played, forty-seven, mm-hmm. that uh, you know there have been uh, 10 games decided with walk-off field goals. Wow. 10, okay? That's, that, and that's the most since 1970. I don't know what happened in 1970 that caused, you know, a, at least 10 or more to go like that, but that's yeah. the most since 1970. Well, so, less teams back then, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so I thought that was interesting. And then the other stat, because I had to capsulize this for the Washington Post, is that, uh, you because know, I, I remember how I said last week that, uh, you know, uh, offenses are so far ahead of defenses, and some of the best defenses in the league are, are, are have dropped. Are suffering, yeah. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, I, I looked at the numbers, and would you believe that eight out of the top ten from last year have dropped below ten, and several into the 20s? Mm. I mean, Washington, for example, and you, I know you love that defense. Yeah. You, you love the Washington football team's defense. They're 31st. Yeah. 31st. Seattle's 32nd at 44 a 404.3, but uh, yeah, I mean, Washington's 41st, and, and really, the two teams that are still up there, Green Bay at number nine, which kind of surprises me, because I don't, I, I don't like the looks of their defense, and then the New Orleans Saints, go figure that one out. Yeah, well, and you look at uh, down near the bottom, mm-hmm. Minnesota, <laughs> the oh, Vikings, yeah. and that's the other thing that's discouraging, I mean, they were giving up about 410 yards a game. Kansas City looks bad. Yeah. They were bad on third down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, <laughs> and the Seahawks couldn't take advantage of that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Cowboys are down there too. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if we'll see that turn around just because, well, and you look at what the Seahawks defense did last year. I mean, remember the first eight games. My gosh. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is just uh, very disconcerting that it's that it's that bad. I mean, especially, uh, what were they, 65% I think Minnesota was on third down? Mm-hmm. 65% yeah. roughly. And, of course, I mean, I don't know, with the Cousins – Hit for over eighty percent of his passes because thirty of thirty-eight. Yeah, it was eighty percent, mm-hmm. right at 80%. yeah, right at eighty percent. Because again, it's like a, I mean, he had so few bad throws. And again, what was so interesting is that the change in their offense. You know, because again, you know, they kind of got rid of the play-action pass and were just going more with the screens and going with the passes in the middle of the field. And Kirk Cousins was very effective, and to a point where Mike Zimmer came out and said, "This is the best he's seen the offense in the eight years he's been there." Well, our defense was certainly part of it, but mm-hmm. um, you know, Clint Kubiak, I guess now the the offensive coordinator, um, pretty pretty dang good. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other thing they just established or they decided was the Seahawks over pursue laterally uh, against the run, and so the cutback running, you know, was was really there for them, kind of like that uh, the Derrick Henry cutback. So lots of things for this team to fix. But yeah, you're right. Their 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 offense looked really smooth, and Kirk. Kirk Cousins, you know, we talked to Pete Bursich last week, their color guy on the radio analyst, and uh, he said Kirk Cousins is the guy that can take you to a, to a Super Bowl. I, I, and when you won, I, I don't disagree. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, not with that completion percentage. No, agreed. And, you know, he's always been pretty much, for the most part, a 4,000-yard thrower every year. He's always had a good high percentage of completions. He gets, I mean, I think maybe one year, two years ago, three years ago, he didn't get the ball downfield, and Mike Zimmer was mad at him for that. Mm. And so, because, you know, Mike Zimmer gets mad at everybody pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. it's like he probably he was probably mad at you for, uh, you know, saying San Diego Chargers or something. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's just Mike Zimmer. But because, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, and again, what's interesting is that uh, here you have had two teams you know that had the real big pressure on them Tennessee and Minnesota they responded now Seattle's in that spot going against a San Francisco team that continues to mount injuries mm. hey John I want to play this clip from DJ Reed mm-hmm. uh, talking about what happened uh, fire that one for him left go yeah we was in cover three um they ran like a Dino um schemed our up um, at the end of the day I gotta make the play they schemed him up, mm-hmm. and we saw in the game, we saw uh, uh, Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams with their helmets off yelling at somebody in front of them, and, and we saw Dwayne Brown getting frustrated. It feels like there's just there's a different vibe around what's going on, a different level of frustration that we haven't really experienced with this team. And again, having the, having the defensive player saying, we got schemed up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of damning when it when it comes yeah because again it's like that you know that points to the coaches and you've seen Pete Carroll both with Mike Salk and his press conference today saying that uh, he didn't think it was the scheme he thought it was you know he said well the corners played uh, conservative they played okay it's just that uh, they've got to step forward and make plays and they didn't step forward to make enough of the plays that were going to be a difference maker in the game. Yeah, but the problem was yesterday it was a collective. It oh, wasn't, yeah. it no, wasn't just the corners, every, linebackers, pass wrong. rush. Yeah, it was the, yeah. whole, the entire defense was mm-hmm. atrocious. Hey, uh, John, you know, it looks like the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, um, they <laughs> kind of have the Kansas City Chiefs number. Last year they beat them in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Beat them again, and what a day for Justin Herbert, 281 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. What does Mahomes have like – Mahomes has like five interceptions now yeah, or something already? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Surprising. Yeah, and, and then of course, I mean, here you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their first-round running back from a year ago, who didn't have a fumble in his rookie year. He's had now two key fumbles that cost him games late in the game in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Two, incredible. Uh, John, I'll, I'll combine some people uh, texting in a lot of the same things. Again, you can text in to two zero six four two one ESPN. That's where you can send your text now. New text system. Uh, your reaction to Josh Gordon signing with the Chiefs? You seem to think he was going to, you know, since he's out here, he's yeah. training out here, he'd end up with the Seahawks. And then also uh, people wondering about the urgency to bring Richard Sherman in because of what we're seeing on defense. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised on the, on the Chiefs. I mean, that caught me cold because I thought the fact that he lived in Seattle, that he was going to sign here. Now, I don't know, maybe because it was going to be a practice squad here and he gets a full salary in San Diego, I mean, in Kansas City. Uh, that I don't know. You know. Numbers are too early to find out, and he's technically not even on the waiver wire yet because he just got cleared today. So we'll have to find out about that. And what was the other question? On Sherman. Does oh, it, on Sherman. Because of the defenses that provide more urgency for the yeah. Seahawks to go after him. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's and, and even pay, Pete addressed that today. I think it's got to be a consideration. And the reason I say that is that it's not just the standpoint of uh, you know his talent and everything else, I think it's you know his teaching because again right now I mean these corners 
not DJ Reed, but the corners, they may seem a little bit lost. And one thing that Richard Sherman's so good at is being able to get the guys in the right spot and do the right thing. And, of course, it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to start. He can come in and rotate and do th- things like that. Uh, uh, Doug Fer- Ferrar had an interesting story in the standpoint that, you know, he had Richard Sherman admit that uh, back in his last year in San Francisco, he got too big. I mean, because coming off the Achilles and everything else, I mean, he got up to 210 pounds. And normally he's never been over 193, 194. So uh, now you can see that, uh, you know, he's got his weight back down in the 190s, and that's got to be encouraging. And so uh, I think right now, particularly with the teams that are out there looking for corners, and there's a lot of teams right now that are looking for corners. I mean, again, Carolina called Richard, but then they end up trading uh, for J.C. Henderson with Jacksonville and getting him, which, of course, continues to show me that Urban Meyer has no idea what he's doing because he's giving away all his players. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay, thanks. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, Michael Bumpus will join us to help figure out how to fix this Seahawks team. That's coming your way next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.